every time we sing that song, his eyes on shadow, I mean on sparrow, I always think of George Beverly Shea. Can't help in the back of my brain. I'm, I'm hearing that baritone as he's singing that. And it's like, gosh, yeah, that's a really great one. Is this in a good spot? Bad spot? She did too. And she had a beautiful voice. Yeah. That's the one you think of, Ethel Waters, when she sings it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's true as well. Um, interesting, um, as we go through things and, and, uh, during the service, uh, certain themes came out, certain ideas, concepts come out. And, uh, uh, one of those, the idea of we have a purpose, we have a mission, and God has a plan for us, uh, goes a great deal along with what I'm going to be preaching about today. Now, as many of you know, um, I'm doing cleanup service today, okay? Cleanup is, you know, Kevin and I were talking about this. I'm going to finish out uh, the section in Philippians. So if you want, you can turn there. That's going to be Philippians uh, 4, 10 through the end of the chapter, 23. So it's 10 through 23. And so as we were uh, chatting about, you know, uh, what I'd be preaching on today, that's, you know, essential. We're finishing up that series. And part of that was when we started talking about it, of course, for, I realized I've actually uh, taught on or preached on this uh, subject in the past. Um, one time was about 40 years ago with a different church. Um, and, and, and at that time I was a steward in that uh, body. It was a New Testament fellowship. And we had, uh, we were very young folks back in that era. <laughs> yeah. We were, we were very, that group was twenties and thirties. And then we had these old people there that were our advisors in their fifties and sixties. <laughs> so to give you a little idea of, of that one. And then, and then the last time I actually, uh, uh did, uh, preach on that was here in this church in 2004, which I don't expect anybody to call, re- recall that. But, uh, that was, uh, when I was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that was on, uh, having a thankful heart. That was the, the title of that sermon. Um, and so, uh, I had a little bit of uh, background, let's say, with, the, with this passage, but I'm not going in any of those directions. Uh, I, I, the Lord led me in a different way. And as it says in, in my, uh, Bible that I'm looking at, uh, it's headed, the, the header is God's provision. Okay. So, that's where we're going to be going with that. And kind of the idea um, is that as we go through these things, we, we're we going to look at this from a little different perspective, but with the idea of God has provision for all of us. And it may not be that that provision is the way we think it's supposed to be. All right. I think we think in terms of provision as in I've got all the stuff I need. And that is not really God's perspective so much as the things we really need, a lot of times we're not even certain that we do need. Uh, and it may not be exactly what we thought it was supposed to be. So just a few ideas there. So I'm going to, I'm going to read this. Okay. Starting verse 10, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have re- uh, revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked the opportunity to act. Not that I speak from need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I don't know, I stopped right there when I was doing this. Content. 
I don't know about you folks, personally, that concept, contentment, being content, um, I'm not content, personally. I don't know. I've had times when I felt contentment. But being content, as in every day, all the time, I can't, I can't for myself say that. Maybe some of you are way ahead uh, of the curve on that. Maybe you've reached that point where every day and all the time you're in a state of contentment. Uh, that's not me. Uh, I, I read this. One dictionary defines contentment as the state of being mentally or emotionally satisfied with things as they are. I believe it's much deeper than that. Jesus said, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body. What you will wear is not life more important than food, the body more important than clothes. That's Matthew 20, uh, 6, 25. So it can't be about stuff. It can't be about things. It can't be about that. In my mind, it is a state of being in which Christ is totally in you and you're totally in Christ. You have no need other than Christ, and he alone fills all your needs. Now, that's a great theological perspective. I think we all kind of know that's what we're supposed to be, or where we're supposed to be, how it's supposed to be. And I know it sounds super spiritual, but it's not. Christ spelled it out in uh, John 15, 4 and 5, remain in me and I in you, just as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, but must remain in the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. That we know. It's the remaining in that, at least in my Life seems to be the difficulty. Remaining always in him and him always in me seems to be that point of struggle. I'm guessing it's probably that for pretty much everybody, but maybe there's some point where you just um, get there. I don't know. I'm not certain about that. And and I've read plenty of books. Maybe some of you have read A.W. Tozer's uh, The Pursuit of God or Madame Guyon. Uh, experiencing the depth of Jesus Christ, or Brother Lawrence practicing his presence. Um, if you've read those books, that gives you an idea of how it could be, where it could be, how to maybe even get there. But at least for myself, I'm not there yet. Perhaps someday I will get there while I'm still here on earth, <laughs> as opposed to not being here. Just saying. Going, Continuing on in verse 12. I know how to get along with little. I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having um, abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well to share with me in my difficulty. Verse 15, you yourselves also know uh, you know, Philippians, that at the first preaching of the gospel, after I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you alone. For even in Thessalonica, you sent a gift more than once for my need. Not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek the profit which increases to your account. But I have received everything in full and have an abundance. I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphrodites, what you have sent, 
a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me and greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those in Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. So in there, we read a couple of passages, scriptures that we all know really well. We maybe have put them, memorized them, and, and have quoted them many times. And so there's a there's something there's, there's a familiarity, if you will, with this this whole section for all of us. But within that familiarity, hopefully we don't lose what's really important. Paul informs the church that he knows lack and plenty, but he knows the secret. Now, did you go back there and look at that? I don't know if you caught that when he says that. The secret, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. Well, what's that secret? That 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 should have been like the thing. So, and you jump out and go, okay, he, he knows the secret. Well, what's the secret? Why don't you tell us? Fill us in on the secret so we all know what the secret is. The secret is, and that one we must learn, in my opinion, is not natural. It is supernatural. It is a secret that only comes from the Holy Spirit living within us, and that relationship with Christ through that Holy Spirit is constantly growing in us. It is causing us to know more of God, know more of what he wants for our lives, to understand him in a greater and more positive way, in a powerful way. I can do all things through Christ who has strengthened me. Now, how many of us have repeated that? Like everybody here, I'm pretty sure about that. I'm pretty confident. Everybody has quoted that at some point in their life. And maybe there was a particular moment in time where you really were just standing on that because that's the only thing you could stand on. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me because I am in a pitiful situation and I'm super weak. Um, so maybe that's where you've said that. Nevertheless, you have done well to share with me in my affliction. Well, that, when I was reading that, I'm going like, okay. He is saying he's afflicted, but simultaneously God can strengthen me through everything and no matter what it is, but he's being afflicted and he's saying so. So that tells me that we can, even when being afflicted, rely on God's power to strengthen us. Even in the affliction, no matter what. And we've discussed here in prayer time some afflictions. You know, people have some serious problems going on, things that are happening in their lives. So we're to come alongside each other in our time of need, just as the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, comes alongside each of us. But So what does that mean? We're, we are realistically, if you will, and, and you've heard this many times, the hands and feet of Jesus. Us, us here, us people, us humans with all our frailties and all our foibles and all our mistakes and all the goofy stuff we do, but we're God's relying on us to come alongside each of us to be the hands and feet of Jesus in a particular difficulty. When when then at, when God's provision to another, we come alongside, we physically, spiritually, emotionally, 
with kindness and compassion, wants on bearing up one another in Christ, through Christ, and because of Christ. That small expression of Christ tries to do that, not perfectly by any means. Just what I'm saying is, it's yes, we come alongside to help each other. I'm going to guess everybody here has been helped by somebody else, okay, at some point, at some point of difficulty. And, and that's what we're called to do as Christ followers. Paul then commends the Philippian church for its generosity and providing a gift to him more than once for his needs. A lot of commentators have pointed out the Philippian church wasn't wealthy. In fact, they gave out of what they didn't have. They gave, um, if you will, out of their need to this ministry of Paul's. So when we're called upon to help out, to give, uh, we need to think in those terms. It's, uh, it's, it's sometimes it has to hurt, if, if I can use that. So we, we can do that ourselves when we give, when we were just called to give, when we did give, uh, to help our friends, families, missionaries, but also for those outside of the body, those that are not believers, we're called to help. You have a neighbor that's in need, whether they're a believer or not, you help them. If you have other individuals that you may not even know, but you're called upon by the, the Spirit to do something for them, you you do that. That's th- Those are the things that we were to do. Um, one of the things that I was looking at, and and, and maybe you, you, you question this, um, we look at individuals and we, we see what they do or what they don't do, and, and we question where they are with the Lord. Um, only the Holy Spirit knows that, in case you didn't know that. Um, but sometimes we, we look at situations and we, we question and we wonder. And I, I'm, I don't know how many of you have read um, the book, The Seven Mountains of Influence by uh, Lauren Cunningham. And uh, he's founder of YWAM, if you didn't, if you didn't know, know who he is, and, and Dr. Bill Bright, Campus Crusades for Christ. They wrote that. That's back in the 70s. And his Seven Mountains of Influence, maybe you're familiar with it. Uh, and, and their premise is that we as believers have opportunity to influence others in, in many ways. And if we, if we have an open mind and open heart to what God might be laying on our hearts and how we can influence. So, um, one of the, the seven I'll give you, uh, media, government, education, family, religion, arts and entertainment and business. And maybe uh, some of you have been called to do this. Uh, fact, actually, reality is all of you have been called to do it in some form or another. But maybe you don't even realize that's what you're doing when you're influencing others in whatever realm. Uh, many of you know myself for running a business. I've always looked at the business as just another avenue for which I'm going to witness Christ. That that that's it for me. That's pretty simple. Yes, of course, it provides income for the family and all that. But that that that's always been my mission when I was sailing. Merchant ships all over the world, uh, whether I was doing home inspections or the new company I'm doing now. Um, it's just an opportunity, and that's all I've ever seen it as being, as an opportunity to present the gospel to somebody, uh, and, and it's just the way I've always looked at it. Um, my wife, Kim, mentioned the fact that Senator, Senator Carlson had this event there, and, and she multiple times said that, she really doesn't want to be in politics, didn't want to be in politics, but feel very strongly that God called her to do this. And so that somehow God's going to empower her to do it, and she has been doing it. And as she said, she's doing it greatly because of her children and her grandchildren for their sakes. And so 
sometimes we're called upon doing stuff that's not very comfortable, but if you sense that the Lord's calling you to do something, well, then go do that. All right? So, again, the provisions, God's provision is to give you and equip you to do it, to be able to do it. Even when you sit there and go, like, how am I going to do that? God provides the means by which you can do that so you have that opportunity to be influencer in whichever of these spheres you might be called upon to do it. In verse 17, Paul makes clear the gift is not something he sought after from the Philippians, but rather it was a show of their kindness and generosity towards him, manifesting their care and concern for the apostles' ministry to them. The kindness and generosity we show towards others is also something that I hope you don't think this way, but it is true. It's attributed to our account as well. All right. Uh, we don't often talk about like God sitting there with a tally book. Okay. They did that. Yeah. Dean did that. That was good. That was very, Oh yeah. I, I told him he did that. That's good. That's a good one. That's going to, that's going to be one of those jewels in his crown. I'm sure nobody here sits there thinking like, I hope you don't. <laughs> I certainly don't, but God's providing. And yes. And so Paul's saying, yes, this is to your account. This is, this is something you're doing and you're benefiting me in the kingdom and you're benefiting others that are involved with my ministry. All right. So think of it in those terms. So in a, in a, in a broader sense, Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Have you ever considered that as part of God's plan of provision for persons other than yourself? Might be that we're to be involved with, that we get to be involved with. In other words, this concept isn't just, you know, the workmanship that God has presented for us. It's been presented for us, prepared for us long ago. The question becomes, are we going to walk in it or not walk in it? Are we going to shrink back because it's uncomfortable to do whatever God's calling us, or are we going to trust him that he has prepared that, that workmanship, that thing he wants us to do in advance, and that he'll give us the power to do it. He'll provide what we need at the moment we need it. All right? And so we're, we're trusting the Lord in that. I believe when we speak of provision, um, we, we only think in the terms of God's provide for me, 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 me. I think that's a mistake. God's provision isn't about me. All right. It isn't about just us. I know we think that way because, of course, we, if we, you got a family, you're thinking about your family. That's logical to think that way. But it's, it's much bigger than just that. It's not, it's bigger than just me. It is me. Yes. My family. Yes. But it is the larger picture of this body of believers. It's the larger picture of the world. As my wife was sharing, Yes, we're the the world, if you will, is going through some bad things right now. But yet do we stand solid in the word and can we continue to hope for God's provision that will see us through whatever's coming? I hope we can, because that's what we're called to do. Even if I can't know what's going to happen, um, I know what the word tells me is going to ultimately happen. So can I rest in that? Can I be uh, assured of that? Can I not be stressed out because of all the stuff I see it going on out there. And so that's one of those things that I think we need to think about. Um, we have an opportunity here in this little body of believers, you know, as I've explained to family members and whatever that want to come visit. And I said, well, we do live in the middle of nowhere on top of a mountain. 
then ain't nothing around. So if you just get that picture first, it's going to be very quiet. But in that, uh, we have this opportunity up here to influence people up here. And so that's what we get to do. It's part of God's provision. And so when we do that, I, I see we have a lot of opportunities. We have a lot of ways of, of reaching other people. Yes, um, you know, and I, when I pray for the offering, like I always do, that, that, that the offering that's being offered here is not just for us, but it's for this body of believers to go beyond just these four walls here that is going to bless others in our community. And I think this whole thing is, it's, it's where we help, yes, spiritually, but physically and mentally helping others. You know, we're helping them out by giving them hope. And what's the hope? It's the hope of this gospel right here. That's what we're giving them. All right? That's a big provision that we can give to them, that can help them in every way, shape, and form possible. Verse 18 and 19. But I have received everything in full and have an abundance. I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you have sent, a fragrant aroma and acceptable, uh, acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Wow. All right. So he's writing this. Where is he at? He's in prison, right? Okay. I, most people don't think in that term like, oh, yeah, I'm great. It's good. It's, it's all good. I'm hanging out here in a Roman prison. And they want to execute me and all kinds of bad stuff. But nope, I'm good. I'm amply supplied with everything. Thank you very much. All right? And my God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Well, if he can say that and he's sitting in a prison, well, I think we can say that we're not in a prison. All right? We we could probably say that. And that need amply supplied isn't all the stuff. Right? That's not what it is. It is the relationship we have with Christ and him and us and us in him living our lives daily, recognizing, yeah, he is the provider of every single thing, not the stuff, but the real stuff, spiritually, emotionally, and physically that he's providing. I think that's the key element there. And that's why he's able to say that his circumstance sitting there in that prison was not affecting his relationship with Christ. And in fact, he saw past that, that prison walls were not a problem for him. It was not uh, causing him to not uh, have joy in the Lord. I'm sure he had some bad days there, but that's not what he's saying. So I think this is important. I think a provision that God uses is a never-ending source of blessing for yourself and others. I think of it in the form of perpetual motion machine. I don't know if anybody sees us on the Internet. Everybody's trying to create perpetual motion machines. Maybe you learned in your physics class or science a long time ago. There ain't no such thing or whatever. We really like to have one. And a lot of folks are trying to create those things, and it would be great. But God's perpetual motion is in us through his Holy Spirit. So we do have that. And it's a matter of allowing it to come forward in our gifts and our callings and allowing us be the thing that a provision to others, be the person that's providing for others in a way that's impactful for them. And a lot of times that's just by being who you are. Not Nothing super duper spiritual about it. I, I don't do my home inspections when I was doing those and tell them, by the way, do you know the four spiritual laws? <laughs> Have I explained that to you while I'm here? No, that's not. 
Yeah, yeah, it's a form used of revelation, which we spend a lot of time on. Anyway, no, that's, no, that's not, we're, we're just being who we are. We're being in a person's home and, and we might get an opportunity to actually say something or do something. Or, you know, with Jim doing the veterinary work that he does, you know, he, he might have an opportunity to say something to someone and, and they've got their pet that he's trying to take care of, but he might have an opportunity in that to spread the word. Phil with his bees and, and all the people he's known over the years, he, he has an opportunity to share. People have he's expressed from, from here is how thankful people have shared with him in, in his time of need. So you never know who you're going to be influencing. Uh, and when that opportunity, Susan and Bill, oftentimes just having a conversation with somebody in a grocery store, I guess, at their favorite location, whatever, but gets, gets to spread the gospel. Mary back there talking to her friend that she just met and, and having an open opportunity to share the gospel. It's simple stuff. It's not really complicated stuff. All right. And we are now being used as a provision for that person's mental, physical, spiritual health. That's how we're getting used to be that provision. Finally, Paul finishes his letter with a greeting and a prayer for the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be with your spirit. Hmm. Be with your spirit. Oh, that's, that's what he's looking for. The most precious gift of all for all believers is the gift of grace that God extended to us and we must extend to others for the advancement of the kingdom of God. For by grace you have been saved, right? Through faith, and this is not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So ultimately, God's greatest provision is his gift of grace for all of us. That's his greatest provision. He's, he's given us grace. Grace that none of us deserved. None of us, by any means, could ever earn. But yet he's given us that grace. Incredible. Think about it. We We, 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 we sing about it. We talk about it. But is it like, do we, does it resonate like on a regular basis in your mind, the amount of grace we've been given? And therefore, should we not extend grace to others all the time? Because we have been given extended grace that's unbelievable, just can't even comprehend. Creator of the universe, for whom all of us were enemies at one point, yet sends his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross. For our sins, for our transgressions, for us, his enemies, that we made enemies, but he, through Christ, makes us, as last week Alan was saying, to be his friends when we call in the name of Jesus Christ. I think that's incredible to me. And what a provision. That is the provision that takes care of everything, the physical, the spiritual, and the mental, the financial, all those things. I think ultimately, when we grasp that, that's what leads to contentment, when we completely grasp it. Let's close. Father, we thank you for all you do for us. We thank you, Lord God, that you have provided in every way, shape, and form that's imagined. Lord, that we can't even imagine. We don't even understand all the things you do for us. We don't understand a lot of times that you have an assignment for us and we forget about it or just don't even recognize that we have one. But, but Father, that you do have an assignment for us. Lord, that we would choose to walk in whatever that is, that, Lord, we would recognize that whatever you've called us to, you will provide, you will make the provision for us to be able to walk in that, whether it's hardships, difficulties, whatever it is in our lives, emotionally, physically, spiritually, whatever, you will provide. Thank you, Father God, for that reminder in your word. Lord God, that your grace is sufficient for all our needs, and we thank you, Lord God, for the grace that you've extended to us. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.